2: Welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you?
3: I'm doing good, Shad.
0: I'm doing good. I don't know what day it is, but I'm doing good.
3: <laughs> well, this I'm glad you guys. This What's... is that like time of year where like things start to blur together. <laughs> well, it's like
0: it's also like you get home, you make dinner, and then it's dark out. It's like, oh, okay.
3: The sun's oh, yeah. up at 10 in
2: the morning the sun goes down at 3 in the day. Yeah,
0: That's what I yeah. – it, It's <clears throat> when I used to work third shifts, winter is the worst because you never see daylight. Because oh, you drive in yeah. in the dark and it's dark when you leave. Because in the summer, at least, you get to leave in the light, but not in the winter. Dark Golly. all the time.
2: You were on vitamin D supplements, weren't you?
0: <laughs> no, I actually did okay on – the worst part about – the worst things about third shift are the eating situation – Oh, yeah. And um, the fact that when you work, you leave work and come back the same day is uh, is like a mind fuck. Yeah. But the eating situation is definitely the hardest part of
2: their shit. I shift. bet. All right. Uh, we'll get our shout outs taken care of right here at the beginning. The first one is going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Collarandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code Four Corners Podcast. That's the number four, capital P and Corners, cap. Capital C and Corners, Capital P and Podcast. Um, save 10% off your order. The other uh, shout out that I'm going to do is, you know, we're getting on the holidays and there are folks in East Kentucky that still don't really have much because, you know, the floods came through, wrecked everything, and then hurricanes came and everyone's like, oh, hurricanes are way more interesting to help than them dumb hillbillies. So we're going to do that. So if you would like to help them, um, you can make donations through the Apple Shop, appalshop.org, or um, there is an apparel company that's right there, uh, right in the heart of it, that is doing donations and, and um, distributing stuff right to the people that need it. Everything above board, they incorporated a, a nonprofit for it and everything. Appalachian Apparel Company, uh, that's appappco.com if you feel so inclined. Our other shout-out goes
3: over to Matt. That would be to Orlando Cologne. Uh, you know Orlando Cologne has has contacted me. He really? actually told me like there's a lot there's a lot of rumors about Vince McMahon coming back. And he said he doesn't want that. But the person he wants to come back <laughs> is Kip <laughs> Allen Fry. <laughs> as a, maybe as a AEW commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Oh my god. That was that was quite the uh, wraparound.
3: That's a that's a deep cut almost.
0: Because yep, uh, I was like, wow, uh, are we? Do we want to talk about the Vince thing? Because that was really quite the. Uh,
3: that's that's
2: one rumor out of a out of a one line out of an article. So. But, I
0: think
3: that I, uh, I think that wrestling Twitter was having fun with it today. I I barely saw that because uh, my daughter was like home sick today, so I I was mostly just managing like her care. Mm-hmm. Um. Which, of course like like every time the last like six months she's been home sick quote unquote sick yeah like she's been she will like just play all day and she's fine but uh, she did wake up at like 3 a.m yeah and was up from like 3 a.m to 7 a.m that was not fun but yeah. uh, I i I wasn't able to really like read that story or, or fully do it but I guess that was like a something that was said in like a a Wall Street journal article that of, came out today
0: it kind of was jokey and then like the the raw ratings came out and then things got a little, got a little, got a little
2: more serial. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah. it was a throwaway line at the end of that article. And then all of a sudden it's become a thing. So,
0: well, cause I think, I think though, because I think they have to know the ratings beforehand. I'm kind of, cause I was kind of joking about it, but I've, I've been kind of off the triple H bandwagon pretty quick. Like raw is not that good. Smackdown is better and the ratings reflect <laughs> that, but Raw is just awful. And um, I yeah. that's kind of I, at first it's kind of like, well, maybe you know, maybe people are getting a little leery because Triple H is kind of not doing well. And then that that Raw rating came out, and I'm like, oh, you know, maybe maybe there is something to this because I don't think I don't think if you had left Vince in and like things had been going the way they were going, that they would be quite this low right now, if they hadn't have had the Triple H <clears throat> changeover. Mm, I, I think know. they'd be bad, but I think they would still be slightly a little better in ratings than they were. Um, because I think I think what happened now, though, is you've alienated some of the base that were staying, but you also disappointed a lot of people that checked it out and then were just like, oh, it really hasn't <laughs> changed that much.
2: Mm-hmm. Maybe so.
3: Um, but, I'll I, yeah, add that I, I don't I don't want, let, let's just entertain this rumor. Like, I don't want Vince to come back. No. But if he did, I darkly would find it hilarious that certain people were, like, begging behind the scenes, obviously, like, really clamoring to get to go back to WWE to the point where, like, people like Andrade, it's like you're doing things to intentionally, like, get yourself fired so you can go back. Um, <clears throat> and other like, people like Malachi Black, like I guess, wanted to go back before he was basically talked out of that. But in yeah, all,
0: the, people Malachi, were <laughs> the, the Malachi black one seems interesting because he's talked about it a bit after the fact. And I feel like I feel like um, sounds to me as someone that has gone through this is that he was suffering from a lot of depression at the time. And he was having some grasses greener syndrome and he got oh, yeah. he got some distance and he said as much, like, I'm glad that they didn't let me go because I would have made a big mistake. And I think once he had some distance, he was like, oh, shit, like, I really don't want to go back. Like, why why would I do that? Like, I think I think that's kind of how I feel his comes across like.
3: Well, they're they're doing right now like a, an interesting angle. And it seems like they could go in a direction that like the House of Black could really be pushed as a like a major like heel force, but uh, a very like effective heal force, not just, like, mm-hmm. they were used before, which I didn't think was necessarily bad, but it's like, okay, we'll just throw you in random six-man six man tags. It's like, I think you can do a lot more with them, and it seems like maybe they will be. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think, let's be honest, like, if, if he were to go back under Vince, under Triple H, it would be like, you would maybe be in, like, maybe you'd be in a 10-minute segment on a uh, SmackDown, but you wouldn't be used like you are now. Like, you... Yeah. You, You're not going to beat Roman. Or you get or paired
0: like up that. with The Miz and you would instantly not be over.
3: Well, even if you get paired better, it's like, well, maybe you'd have like a nice little uh, Sheamus feud, which mm. might produce like a good pay-per-view match, but then nothing would ever come of it. Yeah. <clears throat> so,
0: um... And I, I also... Just so you know, our, our award show is coming up, and I need to watch Final Battle before I I can safely vote on the match of the year candidate because um, it sounds like a winner is you might be tucked away in that show with the double yeah. dog collar match, which sounds oh like it was God. batshit insane.
2: It was it was just wild, and oh and... uh, gosh, uh, I I the guys worked so hard it was really the main was really good too um so you know it's uh, it's not a takeaway it's
0: funny that i said around i think april and may that i didn't care what happened the rest of the year the ftr was my tag team of the year and they still capped a goat (laughs)
3: level (laughs) campaign
0: off with something that's probably the best thing they did all year
3: yeah Uh, uh jeff hawkins who mm-hmm. uh, I've met before, but he also he follows us on Twitter. He's a really funny guy. Um he's done like stand up comedy like back in the day. Cool. Um and I know I know him through like the observer group, but he sent out a tweet after that match. Or maybe right like, before, but he, he, he was tweeting about the F Brisco's match. And he's like, This is like this is what I wa- I love in pro wrestling. Like just hate. <laughs> hate freak right? It's like that is something. That's something to be said yeah. about that. Can I add add one more thing about the the main event uh, with uh, uh, Jericho versus uh, Claudio? Yeah. Yeah, um, some people were, like, hating on the finish uh, Mm -mm. because Jericho got put in a big swing, but a a much longer than usual big swing Mm -hmm. by uh, Claudio, and then he tapped. He tapped during it, and there were some that were, like, hating on it, but he actually, like, cooked a couple guys where it's like— Like, you're like a – you're like, you loser. Like, uh, like uh, this move is barbaric. It's horrible. And he was being a little kayfabe, but, I mean, there are people that are like, no, this is a terrible move. It's like it, it makes – it gives you vertigo. It makes you – your your system's, like, all stretched out. It's like it's – it sounds like – they hyped it up at least that it's, like, a terrible move to experience because it's just, like, makes yeah. you just – physically ill if this
0: was nxt he would have puked black goo out of his mouth like that (laughs) but the um yeah
2: Yeah. the main was really it it was really really good it looked good as a finish also just just putting that out there the finish looked good it was not just like oh this happened it was it went over well Mm -hmm. um just if you, and and you had the, the dog collar match, you had the main, but in between you had one match. And all I could think is whenever that the tag match was over, I was like, oh, oh God, uh, who has to follow that? And then Joe walks through the curtain. Uh, and guess what? Joe did not have a problem with the quiet crowd. He pulled them right in. And it's just like, I, I would have thought the crowd would have been exhausted after that tag match. But Samoa Joe... Is so good. Mm-hmm. He brought him right back in.
0: He gives somebody
3: no fucks. No, somebody said this, uh, but basically like Samoa Joe's TNT title reign. And I know he's also like the the Ring of Honor. TV he's the king of television. TV. Yeah, like he he's like a, a dual champion right now. But it, his TNT title reign is already like better than Wardlow's, and that's that's not necessarily Wardlow's. That's
0: no, they bought they it, Yeah, I don't know what they. I don't. They they really until Joe, which has been decent. Like, um, yeah. and we'll talk about it more in the awards show and why AEW is not winning my promotion of the year this year. The TNT title booking has been an absolute
3: eyesore this year. It's been bad like pretty much the entire year. Yep.
2: See, I, I feel like that um, Wardlow got hamstrung by the circumstances. A bit. Right before he won that. And so his momentum is all cooled and they're like, Oh God, what are we going to, how are we going to handle this? And then it just kind of, uh, it, it was hard to get it with everything that blew up in that time period. It felt like it was kind of hard to get that.
0: Yeah. But how hard back, is it? But... How hard is it to just go back right to what he was doing that got him over and just have him murder killing people every week in title matches? Like I don't understand why that was such an unfathomable concept to them.
2: I don't I, I'm I'm not speaking to that. I'm just saying I mean, like, that's like,
0: like I mean it wouldn't have been perfect and you would have had to do something eventually, but at least it would have kept him going.
2: Yeah. So anyway, um that's actually not the main content for tonight. Yes. We are back on the dangerous alliance saga. Mm-hmm. Uh Brad,
0: where are we at? So this is... So we're in January... I think it's like January 21st of 1992. So we're about a month after Starcade, And um, so this is Clash of the Champions 18. Now I have to say a couple things about this show before we get started. You can really tell that the management behind the scenes like changed a lot in this month. Because Uh this show feels like almost a completely different product. For one, you can feel how the Dangerous Alliance is like tendrilled out and energized the promotion. But... Things are tighter, like angles are getting moved and pushed. Like they set up like four or five things for um, Super, uh, Super Brawl. Unlike the other shows, because the other shows, you never got a great feel for anything past the matches going on here. But here they're like, hey, Steiner Brothers, like, do you want to challenge for the world tag titles? And, you know, uh, hey, Sting is signing his contract with Lex Luger, like stuff like that. I feel like made a big difference in this show.
2: Oh yeah. It 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 really helped. It tightened things up. The other you know, the other nice thing that happened here? We didn't have the gigantic, like massively long show with entirely too many pointless matches on
0: it. And I also, well, this actually had the same amount of matches as Clash 17, but this felt like a lot better pace. But I also yeah. wanted to, to point out with this show that this, um, if you really break down the nuts and bolts of this show, this show is like about as basic bitch as it gets. But that's fair, but, but that's not bad. But this this show shows why basic bitch is not always bad and you don't have to overthink things.
3: This is, this is a flat out a good show. It is. It's really I, good. I, now, you have to kind of. I will not say it just for inflation, but you gotta kind of have to like compare it to modern stuff. Like, we'll talk about the show, but overall, I don't know that I would say that this is a better show than. This would be like a really good episode of Dynamite, um, in terms of like the quality of it, uh, but I don't say that negatively like i i do think that you know obviously like you get overall mm-hmm. better better matches uh in like or at least good as good matches in like your average really good episode of dynamite uh because but the quality of like the workers is a little bit more improved from this show obviously but i do think that it was i i still think it holds up like you you could take like certain matches from this from this show uh and plug in modern day guys and have them do like okay do this exact same match move for move.
0: The, the tag main event you could do you could end any show today with that match Yes, people would that's rave I, about it.
3: That's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like it's like the overall quality of this show was as good as anything like modern, uh, and you could plug in like modern stars with like for example like that that main event mm-hmm. and it would be raved about today. Uh, take this, take the main event from this show, if you were to put it like you said, on any show modern show, Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown anything like that, and people would be like, damn, that's a good match and it's like, yeah, it was
2: it, they keep an energy up
3: through most of this show
2: that that is really good like, mm-hmm. it, it, there's I mean, there's a few places where it's not high, but it doesn't drag if that makes sense and um, this is just well paced and Things that don't need to be long aren't.
0: They've been <laughs> so. they've been blessed with hot crowds for all of these shows.
2: That's true. That's true.
0: Which has actually surprised me. I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but this is but even like even the mediocre and not great stuff on this show is still entertaining.
3: hmm. It's uh, and I. It's not that I would. Argue is like not good. It's at least like quick, and by quick I mean like it's it's well under like five minutes. Yeah,
0: but you know it's funny though. This is, but I, Kip Frey gets kind of shit on by some people that were in the business. But if you look at like the couple of months he was in charge, it's really good, and he did smart things like he would bonus guys for working hard in the ring and stuff, which, um, like some people talk down to that, but I'm like, why wouldn't you incentivize guys trying hard? Yeah, but he just seems to have this like no nonsense like let's just get from point A to point B approach to things. And he actually right. wasn't. I I shuddered when he was on TV. I'm like, oh, hey, he wasn't. He actually wasn't terrible. Like, he wasn't like Paul Ampers What? Alperstein was that his name? <laughs> I almost said Ampersand I'm like, that's not his name. <laughs> Paul Alperstein for um, the AWF who was just terrible. Yeah. So he was yeah, decent yeah. there.
2: So how about we, we? this one opens up with a fantastic match. Um, this sucker opens up with Big Van Vader and Mr. Hughes versus the Steiners. And no, I did not misspeak. Mr. Hughes was in a fantastic
0: match. He's been in two fantastic <laughs> matches during. And, and yes. It, and you're getting a twofer for this because Van Hammer was also in a good match on this show.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Crazy talk, isn't it? This, ma- this match notable to me because yes mr. Hughes was in a good match um and I thought it was I thought it was good I liked this match it actually was fun somebody I saw somebody write that this match was maybe like the closest you're gonna see dudes in like a uh, almost like an all Japan type of match and it's like mm-hmm. yeah it's like just it, this was just it, to, to quote big e it's like big big, big meaty men slap meat. yeah I think it's <laughs> like I
0: actually think the all Japan guys would tell them to knock it off a notch. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Slow it down. Cause there,
3: cause, they're, the,
0: cause they, like there was just, it, there was just crazy shit going on the way they were throwing Vader around the way. Vader just caught Rick Steiner on the outside. Like he was nothing. Oh yeah. I think the crowd actually audibly gassed when Vader caught Rick like that.
2: It, it yeah. got, it got still real quick.
0: Um, but d- but damn, this was I, just this was just like carnage and bombs everywhere, and
3: they were just bombing each other. And you have like the Steiner brothers, which I think Brad you described them as just like two big cavemen. Yeah, like they against like two just big beefy guys like Hosses, and everyone's just throwing bombs. And this is exactly what you want, like a Steiner's match. You just want them going in there. You either want two matches, two, t- two type of uh, Steiner matches. You want them in there against, like, just dudes that they're going to just steamroll and, like, murder. Mm-hmm. Or you want guys who are going to be able to go toe for toe for them and just, like, throw throw hands with them in, or, like, the most violent possible way.
0: Or you want – and you want a guy like Vader that's going to tell them, like, don't be a pussy, like – you know, lay it in. Yeah, lay it in, which, you know, is going to make the Steiner shit look even better.
2: So, I think part of mm-hmm. what um made this so like cuz I'm I'm cracking on Mr. Hughes a bit, but part of what made that work is he wasn't in there for he was not on offense all that much. He was able to do the stuff he could do well, and then it wasn't just that he is
0: um, – He's a shockingly decent bumper. I have to yes. give him that.
2: Well, no, I think he's a shockingly yes. decent bumper because the Steiners can make him do it. If he was in there with someone who was smaller than him that he was supposed to bump for, I don't think it would work. But when Rick and Scott grab him, they're like, you're going. You can go with us or not. He's just like, right, okay, I'm going then, and he doesn't – you know, he goes with them. And it, it – they go. I mean, my lord, it is – you guys aren't kidding. This is hard hitting in like some of the best ways. And there's no head drops. This I is something that if, there aren't
0: head drops. If this, if this opened like a dynamite or something today, like this would like break social media.
2: People would lose their minds. Cause it's, <laughs> yeah, this is part of why the Steiners are, are like at the top of my, my tag team list. Um, Cause I know how many other good teams there are, but I mean, my God, watching the Steiners is amazing.
0: Rick is really underappreciated, a great worker in his younger days. Yes. I still Even love. That, I still that love. That singles
2: match with Luger was really good.
0: Yeah, I still love him shoot uh, knocking out Chris Champion for kicking him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And that Shad is a worker was that a Pharisee? Um. I'd need to watch
2: it again. I think I remember looking at it going, ooh, that's... Uh,
0: he kicked him in the I face. Mean, I mean,
2: I, I get it, but ooh, that was rough. Um, So, and maybe a little more sauce than it needed, but I understand, if that makes sense.
0: But yeah, I think this is a great opener. Like, this is how oh, you yeah. get a crowd. This is how you get a crowd going. Absolutely. And I, I have to say, like, this <clears> has... This left a lot of... Like big shoes to fill, and I actually was surprised at how decent the next match is too.
3: Yes. So th- um,
0: this is Terry I, Taylor and Tracy Smothers. Wait,
3: hang on. What were you gonna say, Matt? Uh, I was just gonna f- finalize like Mr. Hughes. Like I, I don't know why he wasn't like this like the entirety of his career. Like if he was just like the big guy who can sell very well, but also could could handle himself in like at least tag team matches. And come off as just like a brute. uh, He would have been fine. I think that sadly was not. Oh yeah, sadly that was not most of his career. Well,
2: and I think also, like I said, it's the Steiners making him do it, so he can't half ass his sell.
0: But I think I think other promotions were trying to make him be like a real wrestler.
2: Mm. Mm. And that really didn't need to happen.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Because like in a tag match, he can come in for like a minute. He can do the stuff that he knows he can make look good. He can do his three or four moves. He can bump a bit. And then, you know, people don't think badly of him. But like when you do that King of the Ring versus Kurt Henning, suddenly he's the heel and he has to chain together, you know, two or three minutes of control, even in a a short match. And that's that's a lot of content if you're not like a great worker. He, he, He
2: was plotting his way through that. And yeah, that was that was. Honestly, it feels like it, it was just hanging hanging him out to dry.
0: Yeah. So
2: there are some people that are position players, and there's nothing wrong with being a good position player. But the problem is, if you're not played in your position, then uh, you don't thrive. So now the next one you said, Brad, was uh, uh, what was
0: it? Terry Taylor and Tracy Smothers versus Marcus Alexander Bagwell and Brian Pillman. So there Um, is a definite one of these is not like the others in this match. Yes,
3: Exactly. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: I have to say, though, I have to give, I have to give Taylor and Smothers credit. They made him look pretty good in this.
3: They did. Uh, Bagwell was kind of like out of place, but he just, I think he just worked by like bumping his ass off and, and generally looking good. Mm. Um, I thought Tracy Smothers was very good in this. Um, yeah, Terry sh- Taylor has been Terry Taylor has been like really great in this like ninety one stuff and I know this is like edging into ninety two. Just... Well,
2: with the exception of that one uh Ricky Morton uh, match that didn't go anywhere. Oh, or
0: not
3: well, oh, no one yes, Ricky Morton. True. Um that one where he tripped
0: like Ricky Richard Morton and
2: No, 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 no. The the one that he had where the match had a weird finish to it and he was just kind of burning time to get there. I don't remember who oh, that
0: was. Next. Who was that against? Um Bob Eaton.
2: Yeah, was it Yes. Even? Okay, I yes. was right in the first place. So, like, that one was weird, but it felt like there wasn't... That one was just kind of weird and an outlier, whereas <clears throat> the tailor-made man has been doing very well in this stretch we've been watching.
0: Yeah. So. And Shad and I are talking before the show. We, we think Smothers is really, like, an unsung, like, great worker that doesn't get enough props.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I think, yeah. uh, I think some of the gimmicks he's had especially in hindsight, kind of color people's perceptions on him.
0: I need, I need, I need like a good, like 15 to 20 minute Brian Pillman versus Tracy Smothers match now.
2: Ooh, I wonder if that exists.
0: I'll have to look.
2: But, um, everybody worked hard in this match. Bagwell held up his end of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're putting him in there with these guys who know what they're doing and they're saying, you know, you've got two jobs. Learn from them and hold up your end of it. And he did.
0: He didn't look so, – and I, this is going to sound like a backhanded compliment, and I really don't mean it like that. I do mean it as a good thing. He did not look lost. I oh, would, yeah. Like that. Yes. I, that is a compliment. Like he did not look lost by what was going on.
2: Yeah. In, in a case like this, doing basic stuff isn't – it's not bad. This was a really high, high energy match. Like there was a lot of movement. There was not a lot of slowdown in it because they're trying to ride the, the momentum of the opener.
0: And it's three so, vets. It's three vets doing their thing, like going full speed because they know the other guys can keep up. Like that's got to be yeah. tough as a, as a young guy.
2: You're just like, Oh God, it's my time. It's time to do my thing. Cause cause if you're, if you're selling, you take it, and then you feed up and you take it and you feed up and you take it and you and then you, you stay down for something. But when it and so that's not hard, right? Honest to God, that's of the whole thing, that's probably the easiest part. And then when you go on offense, you come up, you're like, Oh God, what am I gonna do? What am I and so he did fine. Like there are there are so many ways, so many ways that you can just freeze up. But he did fine. He didn't get lost, like you said, so it was great.
0: You want to hit the next match then? Yeah. So this um, is Richard Morton versus Johnny B. Bad. Um, this was quick and kind of squashy, but I actually thought Morton made Bad look pretty good.
3: He did, um, but this was kind of like a not much of anything match. This mm-hmm. is
0: where this is where having like seasoned vets like on your roster help, and they're worth the money is. Like, this was a nothing match, but you came out of it thinking better of Johnny V. Bat, because you are like, oh, okay.
2: I think I would put an addendum on your statement, Brad, having seasoned vets who are professionals. Yeah. Because if, if Ricky Morton had been like, no, uh-uh, I'm, not, I'm not getting squashed, then this could have been a very different thing. But he's like, eh, dude, whatever. This is a work. Yeah, sure, fine. I'll go out there. I'll put him over. No big deal. I don't care what it is, you know. And so it benefits Johnny B. Bad. It's no big deal. It builds up a young guy. Cool. Um, but you know, we could, we could have some people um, that, you know, could do the exact opposite kind of thing sometimes. And then we, uh, and it, it, it doesn't make any, it makes both of them look bad. It makes him look selfish and it makes the up and comer look like a chump. Yeah. But where we've got professionals here, they do a good job.
0: And then after the match, um, they do. Brian Pillman cuts a promo on how he wants to get the lightweight belt back from Liger, and then he punches out Johnny B. Bad for some reason.
3: And then, I, yeah, we, I, we, I didn't get this. It, it was first off, it was like kind of a, a anti-Japanese like like promo from from Brian. It was. Talking about how, like, oh, I don't mean to just start anything, but, like, all my life I saw, you know, Japanese people buy up buildings and put— They're kind
0: of—this is well-founded in, like, the 80s paranoia when, like, Japan was seen as, like, the next big threat. It's kind I, of a holdover I, from that.
3: Yeah, I do I do recognize that. Like, I, I kind of, like, I'm old enough to know, like, that's kind of what they were drawing upon. It was are telling was still, from like, him. Yeah, it was like what well, I don't know what's happening here. Like, why is he? Why is Brian going into that? But well, and for some reason, it's oh, also
0: ahead. weird because, like, um, we've seen Liger on shows and we've heard them mm-hmm. talk about Liger, and they don't really, they don't really play up that he's Japanese. Like, you know he's Japanese, but they just like treat him like he's this mega international star, like not some. Not some guy that you would expect them to go like this route, like in a promo against him. Like it feels very dated and out of place. Even in 92.
2: Yeah, it's, it's this weird. I always have to remind myself that watching old shows and, and the promos in them, it's like, what is the, for lack of a better term, what is the cultural zeitgeist that's going on here? Because, this could get this could get weird real quick. It's like no oddly oddly fitting of the time period, but still kind of weird. Um, it's
0: about the problem is this is about like five or six years like behind the times I think. Yeah, because like especially like you know with the kids on the you know the kids on the the watching the show you know they've they've all been playing Nintendo for. You know, seven years at this point you know the super nintendo is coming out like you know anime is starting to creep in like you know you know maybe the older people that were worried about like the cars and stuff but even then like their economy had been crashed for oh god when did the japanese economy crash i it's between 86 I and 88 i think
2: I do not know.
0: But it just feels it feels very out of the time behind the times. I feel like I feel like people would kind of move beyond that. And there was like a general acceptance building
1: mm-hmm.
0: towards like Japan. So I just find it I found it weird and out of place. It kind of reminds me of um, remember when Cody did that raw, raw USA thing against. um, Oh, shit. Now I can't remember his name. A go-go? Yeah, a go-go. And everyone was like, dude, that's kind of really, like, yeah. ill-fitting for, you know, this time period and his character and, like, what you've been generally going to have felt like that.
2: It, it certainly seemed like a choice you could make. Not one I would have made. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's, it, it was odd, but, you know, not going to worry about it too much in the course of... Yeah. One weird promo. It's like, well, that's fine. I and guess. then he punched Johnny
0: B. Bad, and I was like, well, that's kind of weird, but okay.
2: Well, Johnny B. Bad was listed as a, you know, he went into this match being announced as a, being in the light heavyweight division on the top end of it. So, you know, he's competition.
0: Oh, I mean, we saw him challenge Pillman for it, and was it the last clash? Uh, yeah, yes, or something like that. Yeah, it was, because that's where he turned on Teddy Long.
2: Okay, yes. there it is. But, you know, we've got this yeah, it, yeah rivalry thing. And it's like, okay, you know what, I, I can roll with that. That's fine. Um, and then, oddly enough, we go into another match that, I mean, you can't, I'm not going to say he's a veteran, but he does a lot of work to make the other dude look good. Diamond Dallas Page versus pn news and Mm -hmm. this was i mean it it was only three and a half minutes but it was pretty good three and a
0: half minutes i have to say i hate i i I like diamond dallas page but he's doing the good god thing i just i want to stab him (laughs) it's actually funny because he did syndicated shows with lance russell for a while and lance russell called him out for saying it too much like on air once oh really because he's like he's like look i think god's a great guy but like why are we talking about it right now or something like that <laughs> wow okay it, it, it was something like that but it was it was one of those things that only lance russell could do and, and it's hilarious but like a good like way to chastise someone
2: yeah man lance lance is a god he was one of a kind um But yeah, Paige does a bunch of stuff in this match. And the whole thing is about the fact that he's just having a hell of a time getting anything over on PN News. And guess what? He doesn't. He loses. And you know what? Great. It works.
0: Okay, guys, so we're going to we're going to we're going to do some we're going to do some complicated math here. Okay, so would you rather take PN News or Top Dollar? Let's go around the table and start with Matt.
3: Oh, PN News, hands down. Shad? PN News, no question.
0: Yeah, PN News for me. Now, I was going to ask about someone else.
3: Like, I would, even, I would even say that that's hard for me. Like, PN News is a guy, it's like, the more I'm seeing of him, because I just, I barely remembered him. But to the extent I remembered him, I was like, oh, yeah, that guy probably wasn't very good, right? And I wouldn't say he's good here, but there are clearly there are things about him. You can see like he's at least like technically competent.
0: What what I will say about him is Mm. I I said on the first show, I think he's okay. He's just too fat. But there are things he does that makes me that shows his competence. Like he's always in position. I think I think people wouldn't. I think people would, again, think that's a backhanded compliment, but that's really important for wrestling, and he's never out of position, which tells me he knows his, his stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. He, is, he is capable, and you see, if you watch these matches, you see he's capable. The problem, it, like, like Brad has said, he's just a little too heavy to move comfortably enough to fit him. Mm-hmm. He, is, he is capable enough. He does a fine job. He's just not quite
0: able to execute.
2: Yeah, not mm-hmm. quite there. And if he if he was a little bit lighter, then I think that wouldn't have been an issue, and he probably would have had a, a bigger career.
0: Now let's. But oh, sorry,
2: Chad. I thought ahead. honestly, I mean, I know it 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 kind of ends in a whimper, but I would say that you know you'd be fair enough to be proud of. it. Hey. You know, I was in WCW on pay per view cards and, and I did all right. So yeah, I think that'd be a fair fair statement to make.
0: Now there is a follow up question to this. So you both cho- we all chose P News, so now would you take Van Hammer or Top Dollar? I'll start with me, I would still take Van Hammer.
3: I would I would still take Van Hammer. I would drive
2: my car off a bridge.
0: Okay. And so then you're... take Van Hammer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now let's let's so uh, okay so we we got through round one so would you take Van Hammer or PN News?
3: PN News. Uh, I actually probably would take PN News.
0: Um, I'm gonna go separate from you guys and I'm gonna say Van Hammer. Hmm. See,
3: I actually have never seen anything from him after PN News, but the 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 guy who was PN News, I don't know his real name or the his other. The name that he would go by, uh, I can look it up. Uh, but I Cannonball Grizzly, like I actually want to see how he was, because I, I have this weird feeling that probably got better. Because I mean he so he's doing exactly, like, like he could exactly like regress like beyond like P N News, but he did seem like he got in better shape, and that may have been like the, the the determining factor.
0: So he does like he wrestles in Germany a lot. I think is where those matches are. Mm -hmm. something like germany but i watched a couple after the show just because i was curious i watched some clips of him and he seems better but like the style he's working is more like the british style so he's doing like a lot of mat work Mm. so um that seems to suit him better
2: so apparently this was actually his final television appearance and then he was just on house shows until he got released and then he went to catch wrestling, uh, as Brad has said before, as Cannonball Grizzly. So, that was in late 92. Interesting.
0: He's, he wrestled he wrestled fairly regular until, I think, 2018, maybe?
2: Apparently, he had a, a short stint in ECW as PN News.
0: That wouldn't shock me.
2: He lost to Spike Dudley. Um... It joined DeBaldi's.
0: That's and, a good use of him, actually.
2: And then, at November to remember, they defeated New Jack and the Chair Swinging Freaks.
0: Is that, here are the Chair Swinging uh, Freaks, is that Balls Mahoney and...
2: Axel. Oh, oh, okay. oh okay. And then, uh, November 19th, 1999, PN News and LaGrosso lost to the Hardcore Chair Swinging Freaks in a Loser Leave Town match, and that was the end of his stint there. So, huh.
0: Oh, okay, at least part of that P News or Spike Dudley match is on e, on YouTube. Oh, cool! And there's a P and News what, first one man gang match.
2: Well, now that's interesting.
0: Yeah. Um. So what's our what's next on? Oh, so we're going to go to the Falls Count Anywhere match. So this is Cactus Jack versus Van Hammer, and I have to say, this match literally shocked me. <laughs> because this match was legitimately like really good.
2: This was actually pretty good. Cactus worked his ass off in
1: this
0: match. Yeah, but I mean yeah. Van Hammer was game. Like his his like offense actually looked good in this match. Mm-hmm. I they have a weird chemistry though. There's something about that fully Hammer combo where they they just work well together.
2: Yeah. I I can't help but wonder if Hammer trusted Foley in that Foley's like, look, man, I'm not going to I'm not going to treat you like crap. Just do what I tell you to. We're going to get through this and we're going to have a good match.
0: I think I think that combined with Foley makes offense look good. But I think Foley also called stuff he knew that Van Hammer could pull off.
2: Yeah, I think that's entirely fair. I think that is entirely fair, and
0: I think I think he was murdering himself for Van Hammer and so that like I think when you do that, that makes the other guy try harder for you. Mhm, but this match also made me realize though that Van Hammer is not very good, but I think he was taking it seriously,
3: yeah.
2: I still did that stupid guitar point.
0: I know. I, I hate him for that. But, but it's, it's interesting, though, because you can actually see, though, because we've watched about four months. These shows are about four months apart, and he's actually improved a little bit.
2: A little bit.
0: Like he's yeah, not making the basic mistakes he made the first time we saw him.
2: Fair. Fair.
0: Now, my favorite part of this match, though, is Abby just tossing Missy Hyde in like a (laughs) tub of water. Yeah. Which I don't think I don't think she knew was happening because she was quite mad.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She's seen a set. It was in the first Foley book. They tell the story and Abby attacks Cactus because of what happened at the show before um, at Starcade. And but he ends up waffling hammer with a shovel, so Cactus gets the pin, and then Cactus and Abby are brawling. And Dusty, in Foley's book, he, he recounts exactly, Dusty said to them, he says, I didn't say this, but I want the girl to end up in the water. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, there she went, and she didn't know it was coming.
0: Did she actually... I don't think she showed up on the show again after this, did she? I don't I don't think she did.
2: <laughs> she must have been really pissed.
0: Oh god, Abby, Abby is a trip. Yeah. I know I know yeah. he's a scumbag and he's giving people hepsi, but like he's been through these first 4 shows, he's consistently been one of my favorite parts of each show. Mm. Just because he is such a nutcase.
2: It, yeah, that's fair. I also did really love just how excited he was to come through the curtain and start wailing on Sting.
0: Oh, just him. Just him. That, that, big just, grin on his face. Just him beating Buddy Lee Parker like he owed him money was – I still <laughs> – I still – I you know that – did you see that Simpsons of episode, – that, that episode of The Simpsons where Mr. Burns, like, remembers him, like, paralyzing an Irish worker when he was a boy in, like, a bumper car? Th- like mm-hmm. – ride and he's giggling about it all day to the point like oh what was I laughing about oh yes that that paralyzed Irish fellow they start laughing again that's kind of me with like thinking about Abby beating up Buddy Lee Parker sometimes I'll just start <laughs> laughing about it
1: <clears throat>
2: nice so a uh, pretty good falls count anywhere and then this is what surprised me and, and I know that you know it's it's a Clash of the Champions, so it's on t. We come back from commercial to the Freebirds in the ring, and then we get an entrance for Brad Armstrong and Big Josh. And I was like, oh, oh, ho, oh, ho, interesting.
0: Yeah, but we um, didn't get to hear Bad Street. That kind of pissed me off.
2: <laughs> but, uh, you know, here we go. We've got, uh, you yeah, know, we've got... Um, Hayes and Garvin versus Armstrong and Josh and this is only three minutes but it's pretty good three minutes
0: I like the double DDT finish they did
2: it was a good finish
0: Brad was killing himself for them there was a lot of guys like bumping really hard for people mm-hmm. on this show
2: trying to get that bonus yeah it Pays off, and you, then
0: you can definitely tell like from the other shows guys were really working their butts off on the show
2: yeah. Um Matt Bourne, Big Josh was working really hard. Even in a three minute match, he was working really hard too, so
0: Yeah, it was sad he didn't get more to do on this.
2: Match. I I think that there was very much a ceiling on the Big Josh gimmick.
0: Yeah, it's it's sad though because Matt Bourne is really a solid worker.
2: I think the, the biggest yeah he was. <laughs> The biggest problem that I see with the gimmick. I mean, uh, because we're kind of in an era where it's like, I'm a wrestler with another job, and that's a standard thing to have, unless you're like a top of the card guy. Um, It's, they called him Big Josh, and yet he was in the ring with so many people bigger than him.
0: Yeah. And it's like, look. You're, I'm
2: not sure what we're going for here. You're, but, forgetting,
0: uh, you're forgetting the extra bit of stupidity where they were billing him as 275 when he was clearly like
2: 230.
0: Yeah. Oh,
3: I'm, I'm, you brought that up. Like they did a whole like top ten, like that kayfabe. Like these are people in the top ten of the <laughs> of the company. And El Higato and, is in there. Yeah. Yeah, but like the. They put like the weights for all these guys. It's like to 450 something pounds, and it's like, come on. He's like 350. Like, y'all are, yeah, y'all are like kayfabing the hell out of this. Yeah. Like everybody was like ridiculously like ridiculously big compared to like the based on like the top ten. And I was like, no, y'all y'all can't be like, come on.
0: Yeah, because like with Big Josh, like they've he we've seen him in there with people their are built as like 250, that are the same size as him or larger.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Remember he was in there with Tommy Rich and like Tommy yeah. Rich was built at like 239 and they were the same size. It's like there is not a 40 pound difference here, guys. Come on.
2: Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely. Um. But yeah, this one ends pretty quickly. And then we go into the shortest match on the... The second shortest match on the card feeds into the shortest match on the card.
0: Yeah, so this is this is Thomas Rich versus uh, Vinny Vegas. So this is Nash debuting as Vinny Vegas. Um, so... So I'm not going to criticize Nash. Shad um, and I talked about this before the show, but Nash is very... Nash is very young guy getting his first like chance to show personality and, and what I told Shad is I feel like wrestlers wrestlers go one of two ways when they're first they first need to show a personality is like I'm going to look mean as my personality or I'm going to be loud as my personality.
2: I was I was guilty of the former.
0: And Nash chose loud here.
2: Which is fine. I mean, the gimmick was pretty loud. I don't know why they said he was from Nevada when they could have said he was from Las Vegas.
0: Yeah, I know that was dumb. but
2: I mean, loud was fine. Um,
0: I, I mean, think it's better te- than just, I think he tones it down pretty quick.
2: Yeah. Okay. So this match is 56 seconds long. And incidentally, Thomas rich, when we're talking about some someone being a professional, he absolutely is. Um, uh, this match is 56 seconds. Basically, uh, Nash like blindsides him, picks him up on his shoulder, and then he's supposed to do his shooting the dice gesture because uh, he's leading up to Snake Eyes. And he did it too much, and it like the first couple times he did, I'm like, okay, you're doing, you're shooting the guy at dice gimmick, like shake your hand and then like roll him out. Like you're rolling the dice or something. But he just kept shaking his hand. I'm like, dude, quit looking like you're jacking off in the ring. That, that was, that was such a, so distract, but it didn't have to be distracting for that long. Cause then he just turned around and snake eyes him. And it looks really good. Cause Tommy rich knows how to sell.
0: I thought snake eyes is like a decent finisher.
3: I think I it, actually personally never liked to me, not like a her. Sure. Yeah.
2: It's a good spot, but yeah. Uh, okay. In the attempt to give Nash something unique, it's like, okay, I get it. And, and Tommy rich made it look like death. Cause you're going from so high up dropping like that. It's like, okay. But, I like just from a conceptual level I wouldn't say it's a good finisher because when you drop and you hit your head on the turnbuckle which some people get their head head hit on the turnbuckle like 15 times in match and they're still up also even if you drop hit your head on the turnbuckle and then you know like plank of wood fall straight back your feet are still right next to the ropes so <laughs> you know it's it's fine you know rookie guy First finish, fine. No big, you know, It was better than my first finish because I decided I was going to use a flat liner, and nobody was buying the flat liner as a finish at that point. Um, but still, you know, I I completely understand why I switched up to a power bomb later.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I don't think this is a bad gimmick, though.
3: Uh. It depends upon what you're gonna do with the guy. If you're gonna happen to just be like a mid Carter, then I guess it's like fine.
0: I think you could you could push it as a main event act if you tone if you didn't make it cartoony.
2: Yeah, I think that just the name on it kind of puts a ceiling to it because I look look at, at main event names that are around you know Sting, Lex Luger, Ron Simmons, um. You know, uh, the Z Man, no, not not main event, low, you know, Rick Rude. You know, these are like these are some names that's okay. Maybe some of them are a little gimmicky, but they're also like solid. And then you're like Vinny Vegas, and you're like, uh, I, it seems just the name just seems a little too cartoony to me to break through to the main. That's fair. um, so.
0: I think it's good. I think it's good. I think it's a good gimmick for him, though, because it's a nice it's a nice way to ease a young guy into like a gimmick where he needs to talk and have a personality and actually like learn a character. Sure. I agree with that. It's better than Oz, at least.
2: (sighs) What a weird choice that was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So then we have, um, so we have a six-man up next. So this is, um, the Dangerous Alliance of Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, and Larry Zabisco. Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton just won the tag titles, and so this is mm-hmm. them against uh, Barry Windham, Dustin Rhodes, and Ron Simmons.
3: I
2: really enjoyed this match.
0: Yeah, this is kind of like the opener, and <laughs> that there was a, it was kind of a bomb fest.
3: This was a good match. Um, and I had a thought watching it. Uh, it's, I know that his Berkeley with the company, he obviously was was kind of like a big deal for a bit. But they brought, not long after this, within the next like five months or so, they brought Nikita Koloff back. And he was in the whole wrestle war I mean, with, uh, with Sting's team. And I don't, I, I can understand, I can understand doing that, because uh, Koloff like, you're going you're gonna to potentially push him, although, like, nothing much came of Koloff coming
0: well, back. Because that, like, that was a mistake of a signing.
3: Yes. But, so, I mean, I, I, I understand, like, with his history in, in, in NWA and everything, I, I kind of get it. But looking at this, I'm like, y'all made the wrong choice, like, looking at what we've seen so far, uh, and then now even at this show it's like you should have used ron simmons in that akita koloff spot well if like
0: if um if uh, this have been better booked then you know they didn't if they had like a more cohesive booking what i really would have done i think in hindsight is i would have used simmons there but i would have had simmons get like The the definitive win that puts the dangerous alliance away, like gets the visual pinfall, whatever you need to do for that definitive, like the dangerous alliance loses and use that to propel him to beating Vader for the title. Is how I would have done that. In like hindsight,
3: Mm -hmm. all I know is like you could have put him in a spot like that. And if you had done the booking well, like he he would have really gotten Big over. Like he was over. Like he and I, the thing that I say is like in this in this six man tag, at no point was I like uh, it's a bunch of guys. I'm not really sure why Ron Simmons is there. It's like no. Like he was totally believable as like an upper tier face, and I, I think that he should have been used as such. Uh, mm-hmm. And he wasn't exactly used that way. I loved this
2: match because I, I took this as the. Um... Faces getting faces dealing out comeuppance kind of match, and I mean, they just it it just seemed like that the three of them were just wearing the other guys out.
0: It's nice. It was. It's nice when you um when you tune into to a Barry Windham match and he's got the working boots on.
2: mm Mm-hmm. They they worked. I mean, this was Barry Windham's revenge match for the attack by the Dangerous Alliance and um. It was, I mean, it was, uh, uh, it was, this was a lot of fun because they just, this was just lots of energy, lots of moving around, lots of switching people out. It just kept, kept the momentum going.
0: Heyman's incessant complaining about the cast or the brace on Wyndham's arm was a nice, like, touch of detail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the stuff I, I miss with modern wrestling. Like, AEW does it more, but, like that little detail of Heyman like complaining that he's got a mm-hmm. brace on his hand. Like I was like, oh, I kinda I kinda like that they're they're paying attention to that stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, fun match to watch. Yes. And then and that good, takes us to the Yes,
0: to so the So I was gonna say it's a good it's a good primer for our main event.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So our main event is Rick Rude and Steve Austin versus um, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, and Sting, and I have to say this this match was really good.
2: <laughs> it was. How funny is it that we're wa- you watch this match, and with what I said about Bagwell earlier, it's like you've got three three veterans in there, and then the younger guy who's just got to hold up his end. That was that would qualify for Austin in this match, even though he was totally holding up his yeah. end, you know.
0: Yeah. There, there is a funny little attention to detail in this match though that I noticed and I laughed about. So remember, remember when we watched Starcade and Big Josh like kept trying to punch Rude in the abs and it didn't work. Yeah. So yeah. Steamboat was doing his chops and he kept chopping Austin in the stomach, but when Rude would come up, he'd always stand up and 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 do his like chop to Rude in the chest. He would never chop him in the abs because he learned. You don't chop Rickroot in the abs because it won't work.
2: <laughs> you don't anything Rickroot in the abs because it won't yeah. work.
0: No, I, I, I it was, it was kind of dumb, but I, I like the faces just needlessly cheating because they wanted to, um it's to... comeuppance well and and this is also why jim ross is an amazing announcer because they didn't want jesse is mad and they did it again and ventura's mad again ross like but they just they just went back to the way that you know they just went Sting with the legal guys and that way you wanted
2: yeah the legal guys back in and ventura's like
0: you know that's not the point ross <laughs> and and i like um i i I like the the way that they handled the ref in that situation because the ref was dubious and they're like, no, no, it's cool, man. The ref's kind of asking the crowd, like, did they did they tag? And the crowd's like, yeah, yeah, they tag. He's like, okay, I'm gonna believe you.
2: Well, how often do you does the ref go and do that? And they go to the crowd and the crowd's like, no, we didn't tag. And now yeah. they turn around and the ref's like, did they tag? I'm like, oh yeah, sure, he tagged. And the ref's like, all right, yeah, I don't ever get this reaction. I guess
0: it's true. Yeah.
3: Um, What were you gonna say, Matt? I, uh, I think I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before on the show, but I do think that the the team of like the commentary team of JR and Jesse was actually good. Like they they had like a good like uh, like rapport with each other. Um, and I, Jesse overall like was good with even like with Tony Schiavone like he was good with Tony.
0: I don't think Ventura likes this. JR. I know he likes Schiavone a lot. Mm. But I I I have a real love-hate relationship with Ventura sometimes. He can really get off the rails. But um what nice. I like about Jim Ross is Jim Ross pushes back on him unlike Vince did. And it's more like his rapport with Gorilla so you get like you get toned down, Jesse. Because yeah. you can't just run over Jim Ross,
2: right? Did this is uh, calling back to something we said earlier. Did Jesse Ventura and Lance Russell ever work together?
0: I don't know. I'd have to look. They might have worked some because Lance Russell was in WCW for quite a number of years on like the syndicated shows.
2: So I, I was thinking
0: and And Ventura did have like a run in Memphis, so he might have done like guest commentary with Lance at some point
2: just just what we were saying earlier about Lance sneaking those verbal jabs in to totally stop you in your tracks to hear him do that to Ventura would have been super entertaining, mm-hmm.
0: but it also works better because because um Ventura works best when he's not super partisan because he will call it both ways, just favor the heels, yeah and I think it works better with Ross because Ross does the same thing. He calls it straight, just with slight benefit to the faces. Whereas Vince is like, Oh, Jolly Gee Jolly G Willikers, like them heels are cheating and the faces can do no wrong.
2: Yeah. Uh well We've we've recounted how frustrating Vinces to deal with on yeah. commentary
0: so so i i think the subtleties the jim ross interjects um makes jesse better
1: yeah
2: i could be that I, I can get behind that um and you know i i got a huge kick out of the finish on this because ventura flips out yeah um he wasn't wrong well was he Cause here's uh, was it was it Rude or Austin that was holding Steamboat? Uh, I think it was Rude. He's holding Steamboat like he's gonna do a followaway slam. Sting hops up top and does a flying crossbody that squishes Steamboat onto Rude, mm-hmm. and then just kind of stays put. Here's the thing: the Legal Man is still pinning the Legal Man. It's just and it's within the five count, right? So is 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 he cheating there, right? If we if we play with the rules, is he really cheating?
0: I don't think the ref should have made the, the count.
3: He should not have. I like how I mean just Jesse, Jesse I do, was right. Like there's two guys on, on him.
0: I do like how um Jesse justified the aftermatch beatdown by saying it was because of the finish.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know what I want I want I really wish we could have had Jesse Ventura commentary for is when um when IRS tore up the headdress <laughs> That would have okay. been hilarious. That's still still one of my favorite moments.
3: He didn't pay the gift taxes monsoon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I still don't know why why destroying it was like the proper course of action there.
3: I honestly feel like uh, it probably was something, the long and short of it was probably just like Vince was like, I want feathers all around the ring. Get those feathers all around the ring. I mean, good shit. I'm, I'm gonna sorry. Go I, rape. I'm going to go raping a woman. See you guys later.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> I Patterson. thought
2: I was hitting the line and then Matt she's like, No, nope, we can go further.
3: <laughs> I, I guess what happened probably. Like Tireson
0: you are them out. You, you know just to touch on that briefly <laughs> i know i know the, the vince scandals were a big deal recently but he got a he got like a 40-year pass on like just essentially assaulting that woman in like um oh yeah the back of a limo in the 80s like i don't know like that was a well-known story like as long as i've ever been on the internet and like that that one never touched him like that always shocks me. It didn't even come back when they were making all the accusations. They acted like you know, oh, he just started doing this 10 years ago. It's like get the fuck out of here. He's been doing uh, yeah. this for mhm yeah. Since 84.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is a long-standing thing.
0: Yeah. So cuz that's uh, why I don't... they were like well, there's like five. It's like there's five that they found. Like he's been like he's been doing this Like you don't just you don't just start doing this in your like 60s and 70s. Like you've been doing this since you were like.
2: You've been doing this since you were strong enough to be sure you could get away with. Yeah,
0: like it. it, People just astound me with that that stuff sometimes. Like their selective, their selective um. Outrage at things.
2: Well, yeah, pretty much.
3: Um, so what do you think guys? What do we think of this show? Uh, I would give it a thumbs up. Like it's, it's actually a pretty good show. I mean, it's not, I I would not necessarily call it pay-per-view quality, although it was better than the, (laughs) at least a lottery star kid show. We just, it's, it's,
0: I would say there's nothing like it's must see on the show, but this show is just from start to finish is a ton of fun.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I actually feel like the pacing is good. Like, the first two matches I felt were, like, really solid and good. Um, mm-hmm. Then it was, like, a couple a couple ones that were just, like, uh, ho-hum. But they were, like, three minutes long each. So it's, like, yeah. whatever. But even, then they had the Van Hammer practice Jack match, which was kind of, like, just a fun brawl. Yeah. And then it was a couple more, like, blah matches. But then they had the last two matches were, like, really good. So, like, but, the pacing was, like, solid.
0: But, like, the Vinny Vegas match, like, he just murdered Tommy Rich. Like, who cares? Yeah. Like... It, it was a minute. That's exactly what you wanted a squash to be. It's a TV special. Like, it, it had its place on the card, and it did its job.
2: Yeah. Like you said, <laughs> we've got two good matches. Then you've got two three-minute, three-and-a-half-minute like and matches. Then you've got that Falls Count Anywhere. And Then you've got a three-minute uh, match and a one-minute squash, and then two good matches again. This was laid out really well. It It keeps energy going. Like there's momentum all through the card.
0: It's not like it's not like the the clash we watched before where that Nash and Tommy Rich like match would have been like four minutes. Right. But like I I would say this is this is easily a thumbs up for me. And this is I would say far and away of what we've watched to this point for this era of WCW is the best thing we've watched so far.
2: I think it's the most enjoyable.
0: It doesn't Um, have the highs of some of the other shows, but it's, it's from top to bottom. It's the best card we've watched.
2: Yeah. The worst, this, the worst, this one gets is a, eh, you know, with a shrug, but the, there's, there's the, the highs are, are are good stuff. So. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree with that. It's thumbs up on this one. And it's not, it doesn't feel long. You know, what is it, about two hours?
0: Yeah, it's an hour and 47 without commercials. Because I was like, because sometimes, you know, when you've been watching a while, like, I I was just like, "Eh, I'm going to see how much time I've left. And I was like an hour and 20 minutes into this. And I was like, whoa, fuck. Like, I didn't realize I'd been watching. Yeah. That long. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's it's just under two hours if you're watching it straight, And it it goes by briskly.
0: It moves like the show moves. There's no dead spots on this show.
2: I mean there's downswings but they're not dead spots. So
0: No, they're always there's always a match, they're always pushing an angle. Like it's a very tightly it's a very tightly produced show.
2: Yeah. And so yeah, absolutely. Absolutely uh thumbs up. So Uh so next week we're doing we're going to be bringing the um year end awards i think
0: no so what we're gonna do so the holidays are coming up folks so Mm -hmm. we're gonna be taking a bit of a break um there's still be shows every week so what's gonna happen next week is we reviewed super brawl 2 like within the first year of the show so we're gonna rerun that in place since we've reviewed it already um i didn't cut us a break yeah well we didn't see the point in re-reviewing it and having it on here twice that's weird um and I don't think our opinions would really change since we gave it a good review. So we're going to do that. And then after that is going to be the year end awards, which will probably be two ish episodes because we always seem to like talk incessantly on those. And there's always end up being a <laughs> double show. So um, we're going to record that next week um, because I don't foresee. I'm going to, I'm going to pay for saying this, but I don't foresee anything like supplanting anything. And if it does, we'll just discuss it at a later yeah. time.
2: We'll we'll figure it out.
0: But I don't but, think uh, I don't think anyone in the next two weeks are gonna like have some Right. Crazy ass match.
2: So um yeah, that was that was Clash eighteen. Um we would love to hear from you guys what your thoughts are or if there's something on you Oh man, I'm really glad to uh really glad to be turned on to this or yeah, I have opinions about this. We'd love to hear from you on social media. Um, we do still keep an eye out for requests, so if you have one to throw our way, let us know. And um, guys, do you have any other parting thoughts you wanted to get out there?
3: Uh, no, but this is—I am happy that we're going through the whole like Dangerous Alliance saga because uh, it's this has actually been really fun. Like I remember like loving the Dangerous Alliance. Like they're probably like my favorite stable of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, but watching some of this stuff and seeing so far, uh, how good actually Lex Luger was in 91, edging into 92, mm-hmm. uh, and just generally like how good Ron Simmons was like it, that's been kind of like an eye opener. So it's been really fun. <clears throat> All right. Well, so we, uh, there
2: we go. That's going to be, uh, we're gonna, just going to kind of keep writing this out so we can complete the saga. And so we'd love to hear from you on social media. And this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth. And we will catch you next time.